This episode is sponsored by New Balance and Sarah's taking on the 2024 TCS London Marathon with their support. Today, we're really excited to talk to you about two specific shoes from the Fuel Cell range. Yes, the brand new Fuel Cell Rebel V4. Now, I have the luxury of training in a few different pairs of shoes. So currently how I use this shoe is in my tempo runs, my interval runs, my kind of faster sessions. Also, what I'm throwing at those sessions is the Fuel Cell Super Comp Elite V4 from New Balance. Because you'll be wearing those on race day. Yes. And I wore the V3 back for my Valencia Marathon PB in December. And I'm excited as a shoe geek because they're essentially the ultimate marathon racing shoe based on innovation, including being tested by athletes like the American marathon record holder, Emily Sisson. And she's run 218.29, so she's not hanging about. No, I'll be slightly behind that time. Marginally. Marginally. Um, if you want to check out the Rebel V4 or the Supercomp Elite V4, head to the link in the show notes. You are listening to the Running Channel podcast with me, Andy Badley, my co-host Sarah Hartley, who I've spent far too much time with recently and I'm a little bit sick of, and Rick, who is in the corner pressing buttons. Did you miss me? I missed you very much. I would have, I would have killed for some of your company. Did last you miss week, me? Honest. We haven't. <laughs> <laughs> no, we've, Sarah, I, I don't even want to look at you. <laughs> Four days in Boston and this is what happens. Oh, what happens in Boston stays in Boston. Let's get cracking. <laughs> Offended. I am upset. I am not sorry. <laughs> I feel like I'm in the middle of a bad marriage. <laughs> oh, well, I've got a little anecdote on that later on, so we'll, we'll come to that. But in terms of what we're going to actually talk about today, there's so many things to cover. Rick mentioned it in the intro. Sarah and I have just come back from the Boston Marathon. Um, we weren't running the actual Boston Marathon, although funny story on that that we'll come to in a minute, probably. Mm. And then we've got loads of other cool stuff to talk about, haven't we, Sarah? Yes, we are going to be just just catching up on a week. This has been a big week. We have rebranded as the mm. running channel, which yes. is very exciting. So Let's... we look very different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, plus, I, I want to know how Rick's week's gone as well. How's your week been, Rick? Well, not as exciting as going to Boston for four days, but I did do one of the biggest park runs in the UK. Uh, so I'm used to quite a small park run in North yeah. London, 150 people every week, yeah. which you'd expect to have more, but that's all we get. Um, <laughs> because you go, it's because you're there, <laughs> yeah, I'm staying away in their droves. I, I did Birkenhead Park Run. Now, oh yeah, it's in, massive. In, yeah. In, in the winter, they have um, about 500 people. In the summer, they have 800 people doing their wow. park run. And the course is you know, it would be great for ballet dancers because you have to kind of pirouette around some turns. They are so tight. Because <laughs> you're you getting so fast. Yeah, because I was going to, yeah. You, to, you know, <laughs> you, you, you spin round bins. Yeah. It, it's, it's a bonkers course. Andy, have you done it? I have. I love that park run. I didn't notice. I mean, there are some turns in it. Yeah, it's a couple of laps. But funny enough, for context, for anyone listening, Birkenhead Park is on the Wirral. Um, where Rick and I grew up, uh, the Paradise Peninsula. Um, and actually, Birkenhead Park is what Central Park was based on. In New York yeah. and has just been nominated as a potential future world UNESCO oh, it, what? heritage Stop site. It. So it's yeah. it's an absolutely stunning How park. How did this turn into an advert for Liverpool? Well, it's not <laughs> Liverpool, it's, not it's Liverpool, the Yeah, come on. Yeah, yeah. But um, <laughs> I, I've, I've actually never been to this park before because we grew up on the world, but I've never been to the park before. The park run is amazing. It's just one of those really well-organized park runs. And for that yeah, many people, yeah, they, I was gonna they say, really like... turn around. It's a completely different feeling. If you um, listen to this podcast every week and you do park run, you're probably maybe just very used to a certain size of 
So was, it a real, um, was it a real eye-opener for you having not been to one that big before? I've absolutely cha- it absolutely changed, changed the game for me, Sarah, because I know you used to do one yeah. in Birmingham that was a 500 person. It was, it was more so. I went to Cannon Hill Park Run and I'm pretty sure, I might have the numbers wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was like at least 600 to 1,000 per a week. And that, that was honestly my first experience of Park Run. So I was like, okay, Park Run's pretty big. Wow, I didn't know this when I first started running. Yeah. Then I went back home to my parents' house and did one near them called non such park run which is like not that famous a park but again gets like 500 yeah. 600 people and i was like cool park park runs huge <laughs> then i actually went to one beautiful park run in wales and i think they get like maximum 100 people a week like 50 to yeah, 100 it's a totally different experience because everyone knows each other then and, and there are like yeah. little pockets of people who know each other at the larger park runs who are definitely coming together every week and that's the amazing thing yeah, about park run but it's, it's different isn't it going to a smaller one i love going to small ones because you then it's instantly you can instantly spot like the local legends so like i yeah come to mine in north london <laughs> <laughs> but it's just so cool it is literally like going to like everyone cheers everyone on, but I went to, um, I can't remember the name of it, but this park run in Wales with um, Dave, who's a friend of the running channel. And he was honestly just like a celebrity. At his really? Park run. It was so cool. Yeah, that, that makes such a massive difference. And back to Birkenhead, I actually used to race there as a kid. Like they used to have the local athletics club 5K or, or shorter 3K, I think it would have been when I was a kid, um, around there. So yeah, it, it, it is it, a, it's, it's, a really, it's a really cool race, but obviously that was just 5K, another PB, but let's not, you know, let's not, not dwell on that. Um, <laughs> you don't like you did about something it. a lot bigger this week, Sarah, didn't you? Yeah, very excitingly, the video is now out as well. So if you want to watch all of this, it's now on YouTube. But um, rather than running Boston Marathon on Boston Marathon Day, I ran it the day before. Yeah, classic. Why not? I mean, well, maybe because we discussed it and decided it was a great thing yeah, to do. Yeah. No, it was, <laughs> just sounds ridiculous. It, it was a little bit ridiculous. So um, at kind of big organised marathons, it is very, very hard to film or very, very expensive to film. So we thought we'd give people an inside look as to what it is like to take on the Boston Marathon course. And I ran the whole thing, stopping for traffic lights or changing a few GoPro batteries. But yeah, ran the whole thing. Did you jog on the spot at the traffic lights? <laughs> did you pause your watch? Absolutely not, but I did pause my watch. Oh, yeah, of course yeah. you did, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I, I, was driving, of... I was driving in a van, yeah. crewing you. Uh, really yeah, exciting. Andy ran alongside me with all my food and Still water. Still hasn't done a marathon. No, well, I've driven one. You've driven one. Does that count? <laughs> yeah. um, it was really cool to see the course, though, and that was part of the reason for doing it, when we could have complete control over um, being able to accompany you, filming on the route obviously you're not really allowed to do that on well you're not allowed to do that on race day mm. um so that was a way around that um and just giving people an insight into all of the cool landmarks and actually able to talk about that so mm. you had a little um helper join you at various points to talk you through the key bits yeah it is honestly one of my it's it's not my quickest marathon but it's one of my favorite ones to date i actually would put it like probably number one spot Why? just because because there was no time pressure because I wasn't running because I knew I was going to have to right. stop at certain points it meant that I really invested in learning about where I was running which when you go to a marathon you kind of just absorb like I still haven't run a marathon in the UK <laughs> which I felt like I need to do soon but um yeah I always like take in whichever city I'm running in but this time I learned so much about Boston Marathon like I don't want to give too much away because it's all in the video but literally you could spend days learning about that course because it's point to point so it's not even like on 
for example, like Amsterdam Marathon, there's an out and back on the canal. So there's at least 20 kilometers where you're kind of like seeing the same kind of scenery. Right. Um, and that was actually really cool because they had people on like jet boots up in the middle of the mm. canal, but you're still seeing it the same yeah. thing whereas boston marathon is literally the start is basically 42 kilometers as the crow flies away from the finish so you're yeah, it's going almost a straight line compared to london and, and there New are York, i think are, and it's still boston at the end where it finishes it in finishes boston, in finishes boston. right in like oh so it starts outside of boston yes yeah, so it starts out in where does it start sarah what number <laughs> new york oh my, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness why have i forgotten where it starts and then goes through so, you know it's been a while Natic, three days ashland yeah, framingham and newton yeah hopkinton yes there we go which is very very i said this about halfway through the marathon it is the best smelling marathon i've ever really? done in my life i donuts. don't know whether it just smells of donuts everywhere <laughs> no i don't but know boston whether it's famous for donuts yeah so. yeah 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 I wasn't just, you know, just, I wasn't just, you know, you know, putting all Americans into one box. Well, that's why I was worried there that you stereotype that only Americans eat donuts. Yeah. It smells amazing. I'm not sure whether this would be the same on marathon day because you'd have like the smell of gels and sweat probably all around you. But when I was running, all I could smell was kind of like pine trees because it, it starts 40 kilometers outside of Boston. So all you have is like the smell of, I don't know, just like forest that you're Suburbia. going past. And yeah, it was really, really cool. Also, houses in Boston, some of the best in the world. Really? Well, that's a big that's a big claim. The worst and beautiful houses on the They're route. They're yeah. so cool. It honestly looks like something out of a comic book. Some of the yeah, houses. Yeah, I think it, it it's a lot of the you know, the the front yards that go up from the road, the, yeah. the kind of the big uh, front porch and the kind of and they're colourful as well, which is yeah. really nice. Like there was my favourite one that I went past was the the entire house was painted like a kind of dark purple and then all of the edges were painted gold. Nice. Like you just don't see that stuff in the UK. No, maybe we need to get a bit bolder with our, our house creation. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm going to go also, home and paint my flat yellow. <laughs> but driving it, I, I couldn't believe actually just the very start. It's, it's quite a steep downhill to start. And yeah. then it's just, it's not, no, none of the hills are that it's not mountainous it's not, it's not that steep but no. it's just constantly rolling and then we were kind of leapfrogging you in in the van and i was jumping out to give you food and stuff and then um we got to probably the most famous part of the boston route which is heartbreak hill you had a little go at heartbreak hill didn't you andy yes <laughs> <laughs> yes i did so sarah challenged me to try to break the strava course record for a segment on heartbreak hill which is about 870 meters long i have never seen andy for the entire day up until about two hours before doing it so confident that he could do it so confident you were like yeah no problems it then was more you... that everyone was really dismissive that i wouldn't get anywhere near it but and I, was, then... I was like no i think I've got, i can i can have a good bash at this but honestly the best thing and this shows like just how small sometimes the running world is you got up the leaderboard on Strava and yeah. just, just went, oh, I know them. They're pretty fast. Oh, <laughs> yeah, They're pretty quick too. And the, and the guys that were kind of showing us around Boston were like, they just went through the top 10 on the all-time leaderboard for the, the segment. It's like, I think it has a three or 4% gradient on average. Um, and they, yeah, they knew all of them. They were NCAA, you know, university collegiate champions in America, um, <laughs> elite marathoners that are still competing, all this sort of stuff. And then Enter all of a sudden, Andy. My, yeah, my, my confidence completely evaporated. <laughs> Which, hey, no, back yourself. Tell them what happened. Yeah, so then I just went for it. We Just as we were jogging across the junction at the bottom where there's the Heartbreak Hill running company, so running yeah. store there, the guy's putting up signage outside and one of them um, shouted across, Not, I got really excited that you could see both me and Sarah running past at this point. He's like, you guys, the running channel, which was amazing. That is amazing. Um, and he'd Very watched cool. me race back in the day, back when I used to race indoors in Boston. So then I told him what I was going to do and, and he sort of uh, looked at me knowingly like, you've got no chance, mate. Uh, <laughs> so then, yeah, <laughs> um, got the shoes on. 
out the van, very little warm up because we needed to keep up with Sarah. Yeah. By this point, she'd run off into the distance and we were still filming. Um, and then, yeah, cracked on up this this segment. Wasn't exactly sure I was going to finish, but I was properly like, I think I was nearly sick afterwards. It was so hard. And then I got second by three seconds, three second. seconds behind. A second off? Three seconds off, but I was second place on the on the leaderboard, yeah. That's amazing. He Thanks, still mate. got it. No, he didn't. <laughs> No, but oh, and he still got he's it. Still got yeah, he's it. got something. Yeah, <laughs> Sarah's very quick. So I'm, I'm, I'm joking. You I'm, did I'm very actually good. quite amazed. I, so, yeah, thanks. What so, I am quite, like constantly amazed at is that. So we've we made like a whole video of it as well. I think you had people stationed all the way up the hill filming on iPhones. Yes. But um, what I'm constantly amazed at is you were going what like two fifty eight per kilometre pace. I think that the, oh the leader gosh. of the leaderboard is two fifty nine. I think I averaged three minutes per k or three oh one. So like like. That speed makes me feel sick. It does. But you didn't. You when you're running that fast, you look like you're not going that far. No. Yeah, I, I don't want to bore everyone, but um, you're here, so you're going to listen. <laughs> no, um, Andy, my coach, our coach, um, his favourite anecdotes is that when he first started coaching me, my running style is deceptive. So you know, I'm running broadly flat out and look quite similar to when I'm running fairly slowly. Mm. And we did end up using that to my advantage in my career at various points. If I was at the front of a race and we made a commitment that, you know, with a couple of laps to go, I was going to try and accelerate. Yeah. Then actually running behind me, it's almost impossible to tell that I've got any faster. Other than the, other than the fact that you start hurting because I'm going yeah, quite a lot faster. Got, interesting. Um, yeah, because so compared yeah. to some people where you see that like their knee drive is so high. Oh yeah, I don't have any knee left yet. <laughs> And he's like, my legs will stay Sarah, firmly glued to the yeah. ground. This kind of ties into this week's big kind of running channel news that we've had this massive rebrand. And yes. when we did this rebrand, kind of a bit behind the scenes for you, we all kind of gave uh, a couple of words about, you know, our running journey and where we want to take it to next. And Andy's words were, you know, being content with the fact I'm never going to be as fast as I was, but being happy with that. Yeah. But clearly... He's actually not that far off, which is quite <laughs> annoying. <laughs> I am quite a long way off. The the and to be, to give credit to before someone points this out, the guy who is still top of the leaderboard, uh, Connor Mance, he actually finished in the top ten or thereabouts in the Boston Marathon on Monday. Um, he also set that segment time in the middle of a three times three mile interval workout. So it's uh, not like he went all out on that yeah. eight hundred meter stretch like I did. So he was doing it as part of a big. Yeah, but the workout. record's the record, mate. Well, that's so, true. There was I mean, much they, discussion they, about they, going back they, to get they, it before they don't I came. Talk about yeah, whether you were looking looking after kids or running a marathon before and after. It's just that section. <laughs> yes, that's just it. Yeah. Records are records. Yeah, thank you. You you could you see. I needed you on the day for my pep talk. All I was getting from everyone else was, "You'll never do this." Oh my I, goodness! All these hey, people. Hey, I so wasn't fun. giving you that. I was I running am. a marathon. Well, yeah, no true. idea how you two cope together for four days. <laughs> well, funny enough, another little story there for you. Um, we uh, we we went out. I went out on um, one of the mornings for uh, an easy run. Um, and then I, I was thinking about how we, we've talked about pod, uh, Strava titles on the podcast. Mm. So I'm, I'm, I'm quite conscious of trying to be witty and failing uh, in, the pod, in the Strava titles that I that give my activity. So I went out for a run um, on a morning where Sarah was didn't want to come because he was obviously about to run a marathon later that day. So it was on the, on the Sunday morning. It was the day after. Thank you very was much. Was it the day after? Yes, it was. Oh, right. Awkward. Didn't want to come, was about to run a marathon, had just run a marathon. <laughs> okay, so then I, I got back and I thought, ha, it'll be funny to title this run, um, uh, like, easy morning run while Sarah has a lie-in. And then yeah. like a little emoji of like a bed. And then imminently, immediately after posting it, panicked that it sounded in some way like I'd left her in bed. <laughs> like, like that we were sleeping together. <laughs> and so it was only up for about 
30 seconds and he it. honestly got back so i was having breakfast and he got back and told me in a group this and we were like no one made that connection nobody apart from made you. that connection <laughs> literally oh, no nobody one. but i was yeah although i think you can also tell... because i'm so old there's no chance right <laughs> <laughs> correct <laughs> i think you can tell how new you are to social media life by um how much you worry by the fact that you put emojis at the end of your is that not a thing? Emojis in a Strava title? No. Oh, no, actually. Uh, no, it's... Well, no, it is a thing. It is a thing. But yeah. it's just... I feel like... So when you type in to find an emoji on your phone, yeah. you type the word and then an emoji pops up and then the emoji replaces the word. Yes. Whereas I feel like it... I know, you've, I, you've done word and emoji You've done word emoji. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's confusing, right. isn't it? It's all right, mate. You're getting there. Yeah, you're it's all right. There. You know, it's, it's a... You like yeah. you like something I posted the other day, and I thought, oh wow, he's actually. <laughs> I'm, I'm in the game. Yeah. I, Although. Oh no. No, I was just going to talk about. Speaking of Instagram, actually, Sarah's got a terrifying challenge for me and for the podcast listeners, but we're going to save that one for next week. You. What could it be? Forward <laughs> to that, and I think next week we're in front of a live audience. Yeah, that's another thing to talk about. So the the, the rebrand, which sounds like. You know, I hope people care about it as much as we do, but that's impossible. Anyone can care about it as much as we do. But basically, we look a bit different now. So different colours, new logo. Um, uh, worth touching on where the running channel came from as well and, and why we bothered doing it. And and then London Marathon's happening. Uh, it's Friday now as we're recording it. This podcast will go out on the Saturday, the day before London Marathon. So it's Marathon Weekend. We've got our first ever pop-up in London Marathon. So we've got a really cool kind of cafe. We've got free coffee for the across the weekend we've got some we're going to record our first ever live podcast so there's loads of stuff happening and it's terrifying um it's so exciting though we've got lots of freebies to give away and it for something that we've been working on for so long it's so exciting to just see it come to life i think what i'm finding the most exciting as well is seeing we have this incredible day where we like all the presenters came together actually the entire like running channel crew yeah as in crew as in Everybody. Not as in like crew, as in like... <laughs> we're not cool enough to be a crew. <laughs> no, but as in like cast and crew, as yeah. if we were a TV show, um, all came together and had this like incredible photo shoot day. And yeah. seeing those photos makes me so happy because like so often we're just out filming in like little groups. Yes. Mm. Whereas we all came together as a team. Yeah, it was really nice. And, and like for some context, we started four years ago with a, you know, a logo that um, a, a friend made for 50 quid. Um, which has been great, and 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 then and we were red and kind of black ultimately as our, our colours, but red and black are also the colours of YouTube and the key colours of like lots of other kind of brands in the running space. So that's the kind of reason for going away from that. Please don't shout at us. I know lo- nobody likes change, um, <laughs> but, but we embrace the change. Yeah, embrace, embrace the change. We've we've done it for for good reason. Um, so yeah, really excited to kind of show that to the world, um, and then the new kind of tagline, I guess, run, improve, repeat. Uh, what Rick talked about there about improve that means. Uh, where I said that I'm never going to be as fast as I once was, but improvement means to me kind of still finding motivation yeah. and challenging my myself. Mm. Um, uh, very important, I suppose, for everyone to know that run, improve, repeat is, is an exciting thing that you'll hear rolled out on the running channel, but improvement is whatever improvement means to you. So, What was really cool is we sat down uh, to make a bit of content that went out on socials and we asked every single presenter what improve meant to them. Yeah. And no one was fed this before, but no one said anything about speed. Yeah, because I think that obviously yeah. improvement to, to a lot of people will mean times. But yeah. actually for most of us, it, it meant um, running a little bit more often, 
uh, running a little bit more regularly, just running to improve our mental health by getting away from the stress of, of life, uh, physical health, improve, like all of those things. So it's, it doesn't matter. That's kind of the point is it, it means something different to everybody. Yeah. And I think there's so many different bits around like even even if your goal right now is to get a faster time in a marathon or a 5k or whatever distance it might be that like ultimately is one of my long-term goals to improve in speed but actually my current focus for improvement is okay I want to be able to go into a race situation and then come out of it well so that when you go through these cycles of building up to something having a big day and then coming off the back of it it's not the classic like I've got the blues after every single race yeah that's one of the hardest things for anyone who's built up to a big event to and it's big event personally to you doesn't like that could be a local 5k or 10k yeah um when it's a big aim for a long time you achieve it and then you're kind of like well i don't know now what What, now but like we'd like to be there to kind of help you decide what's next Mm. um and to kind of support you whether that's listening to the podcast or watching any of our videos you're listening to the running channel podcast up next we've got your questions to answer plus we've each picked a new story from the world of running to discuss Don't forget that this episode is brought to you by New Balance and their Fuel Cell Super Comp Elite V4, which is their ultimate marathon racing shoe, and their Fuel Cell Rebel V4, which is their do-anything running shoe, but skewed towards speed, which is what Sarah's been using it for in her marathon training. And both of them are lighter than their predecessors. Yes, I have been wearing them in training. And I know that this isn't a scientific fact, but I feel like the placebo effect of if your shoes look fast, you will be fast. Well, I always feel like I look fast. What about you? (laughs) Me too, especially in these. And that's what I've been enjoying in training, that kind of like angular geometric design of the shoe just makes me want to go faster so if you want to look much cooler than me or sarah hey leave me out of it if you want to look cooler than andy wear anything if you want to look cooler than me head to the link in the show notes to check out the rebel v4 and the super complete v4 so yeah next it'll be our favorite bit where we answer your questions but first off uh, a quick run through running news sarah I had to talk about this because when I saw it, one, I thought it was incredible, but two, I have a question to ask, which is going to sound weird when I start talking about what the news story is, but don't read into this. So at Manchester Marathon, which was last week, two weekends ago now, um, Niall and Beth got engaged. Now. Do you know Niall and Beth? Uh, I did see this. No, sorry. Two runners called yeah. Niall yeah, and Beth. Yeah, go on. Yeah got engaged now he yeah he it's incredible the pictures were so wholesome now said that he ran the whole race like feeling really really anxious about it he carried the ring in his pocket as he was running and then i'd be so scared of it falling out yeah Yeah. as they got into the last mile of the race he spotted his friends and family feigned an injury pulled beth over to his family and friends and then got down on one knee and asked her to marry him it, and she well, said yes. So nice. Congratulations to Niall and Beth. That's yeah, amazing. Absolutely incredible. So what's your but question? When I saw <laughs> <laughs> So were you, were you hoping Niall was going to propose to you? No. No, my question is, if someone was going to propose to you in a marathon, would you want them to do it before or after the finish line? Because he did it within sight of the finish line, but they hadn't crossed the line I'd yet. I'd be so annoyed actually. <laughs> I think that I, I just want to I just yeah. want to get to the end. I've just said that's so nice, but I mean, wait until the end because it's just your time is everything. Elizabeth. <laughs> your time is everything. We just no, said the time wasn't very important. No, wait a second, wait a second. Elizabeth just ran up to Chantal, my wife, at the end of Parkrun last Saturday. And I was like, you're 20 metres from the finish, babe. You're going to literally lose 30 seconds off your time. She's like, it's more important for me to greet my daughter. I was like, no, it's not. Run to the end. <laughs> I think this shows how like, there are two types of people in the world. <laughs> well, yeah, and also Parkrun's a run, not a race, mate. Oh, yeah, I know, whatever. 
<laughs> Rick's coming back from injury. He's getting PVs every week. It's exciting for him. Yeah, that is. Everyone true. else yeah. is having their nice social mon Saturday morning. Yeah, um, I think that it probably like giving them the benefit of the doubt. I'd hope that like they were just just running for um, for the for the experience and for completing the distance. But yeah, yeah it, but if, if she had been trying to run at her best time, then regardless of his motivation, obviously he wants to spend the rest of his life to get their life together, which is great. Yeah, then that's a bit out of order, isn't it? <laughs> I, I <laughs> just love yeah. that. Obviously, I guess the rest of his life. Yeah, you know, yeah I was trying to give great. him uh, some sort of support. But. <laughs> no, I think they definitely like just run it together for the experience. But oh, if someone... Also, what actually I find the most impressive is that if if someone said to me, right, you're going to run 26 miles and then you're going to get down on one knee... I'd be like, no chance. We'll get back up again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would, You're staying yeah, down. This is why yeah. I would need to do it after if I was proposing to anyone because there is no way I could get myself back up. Um, but yeah, that's my new story. Andy, what have you got? Uh, it's not really news, but I, I want to drop in an anecdote. I've been making notes of these as they happen because otherwise I'm so old, I'll, I'll forget things otherwise. Um, <laughs> I went to I went on, on holiday to the New Forest. I love my favourite place in the world to run. And I went to the Moors Valley Country Park Run, which is a beautiful park run as well in, in the forest. Um, had a wonderful day. Um, and then I was in the playground afterwards with loads of other parents who'd just done the park run and kids and stuff everywhere. Rick can probably see where this is going. And a guy who's like, once it came over to chat to me, and he's like, oh, it's Andy from, from the, I listened to the podcast, which is lovely. So if you are listening yeah. to this, then you'll know who you are. Um, then he, he, was, <laughs> he sort of looked around slightly nervously and then he, he just said to me, so how many children do you have? <laughs> Because obviously at this point... There's... As in there was a full playground. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like, how many of these are yours? He was like, hey, mate, saw the coach in the car park. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. So did you tell him? Yeah, he, um, I didn't... He said, yeah, the megabus is mine. <laughs> yes, that's exactly that. Well, I think I, when I when I revealed, we do we can reveal it on the podcast, that I only actually have three children. It's not quite so many as Rick likes to make out. Um, but he was like, he was a bit disappointed that I only had three. <laughs> he was like, oh, that's that's... Quite normal. But yeah, actually, it was really lovely. Um, so my new story was just I had an amazing time um, at that park run. Um, one of the volunteers who was doing the, the barcode scanning, I had a lovely chat to her as well. She was also a, a viewer of the, the running channel. So she she was like, had, had some really nice questions and a really nice chat to her. So just this the amazing... This is just Andy making out how famous he yeah, is when he goes around. <laughs> so I've bought a baseball cap uh, so that I can't be recognised oh, yeah. anymore because, you know, I, I'm just a normal person. I want to go to the supermarket and, you know, I just want to live a normal life. And those short shorts that you wear to Sainsbury's? Yeah. Stop it. Yeah, the two-inch yeah. split yeah. shorts. It's not a look. I think I can pull them off. <laughs> I mean, no, not literally pull them off in the middle of the supermarket. Okay, right. let's stop Questions, questions, questions. Yeah, questions. You're listening to the Running Channel podcast. Up next, we've got your questions. Right, let's kick things off then. And don't forget, if you want to add your question to our weekly questions to Andy and Sarah, you can email podcast at therunningchannel.com. First up, Jack has emailed to ask, I'm keen to hear each of your thoughts on treadmill running. Whenever you talk about running, it's always about getting out the door, onto the track, out in the rain, etc. But have you ever used treadmills as part of your training or recovery? Obviously, I have used treadmills a lot as part of my recovery because it allowed me to give me that constant speed and also elevation. Yeah. And also even, even terrain. Even not, terrain. Not the risk like for, of like going safety. over on your knee. So yeah. for recovery, for me, it's been massive. But what about you two? 
I love using treadmills for interval sessions when I know mentally I won't be able to make my legs go as fast as they need to go. Mm. But the treadmill, you don't have an option. So quite often I alternate my interval workouts by using a treadmill that looks over a track. <laughs> so I feel like I'm still on one or by running on the track. But when I go onto the treadmill, um, I find it really useful because constant speed is something that I struggle with but it's something that if you can if you've got like a slightly longer race then and you want to be able to keep a constant speed then so that you don't have to keep checking your watch I found treadmill running to be useful because it, it teaches your leg what a certain speed feels like yeah it forces you to kind of adapt to that rhythm and just just mm. settle into a rhythm and run I would say though it feels very different so for me I struggle on the treadmill um just whatever my my, my biomechanics so the same pace on a treadmill feels way harder to me than the same pace outdoors actually. So when we d used to do all of my scientific lab testing when I was competing, uh, we had to make adjustments for that and then kind of, cause you do all of the lab tests, VO2 max and stuff. Even compared to a on, flat track, it uh, felt really different for you. Yeah, yeah, it feels totally different just yeah. the way, cause, really cause to a lot of people I think there's, there's a perception that the treadmill gives you the assistance. It's doing some of the work for you cause it's mm. pulling your leg back as you make contact with the ground rather than you pushing yourself forwards. Mm. Um, but, but for me, yeah, my kind of perceived exertion and actually my heart rate and stuff is higher on the treadmill than outside, which might be quite unusual, usual, but people out there should be aware that some people will find the treadmill easier and it will do some of the work for you and other people will find the opposite. I think the question here is, um, well, we, we've spoken about, about getting out the door, but like you might be getting onto the treadmill. Yeah, um, especially if you're somewhere where the weather conditions do not allow you to get outside, then yeah. having a treadmill, access to a treadmill yeah. is amazing. So like both ends of the scale, I've known people who are out training, like in Thailand, for example, and a treadmill is so useful because sometimes- They need to be in the air conditioning, right? Yeah, yeah, air conditioning, also air pollution as well. Sometimes uh, yeah. you get yeah. restricted and you have to run indoors. On the opposite end of the scale, when we did our running channel training camp in Lanzarote, there was someone there who used the treadmill quite a lot in the winter because it was so cold. Yes, um, in the snow, like it's very slippery outside. So that does does yeah. help. But yeah, I would say um, bear a, a few things in mind. Like most people, like the common recommendation is to run it at 1% gradient to yeah. better mimic running outside uh, really? rather than running that it flat. That is so interesting. Yeah. Um, and um, that the, the, there's another, it's just an anecdote, but there's a cool kind of treadmill called the Alter G where you can strap into kind of like almost like a pair of cycling shorts that are, in like a spray deck, like you'd wear canoeing or kayaking or something. And then it inflates this bubble around you and lifts you up. So if you were rehabbing an injury, you can run on one of these at maybe 80% of your body weight to not kind of, uh, not have as much impact. Yeah, I've, also... I've used that. I've used that. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. What did it feel like? Um, sl well, weightlessness. <laughs> essentially nice. yeah. it, it feel a bit like if you've never moonwalked which most of us never have i imagine it feels like that <laughs> so you're gonna... describing it in as feeling like something that none of <laughs> us have ever felt that's exactly right Good. right i was gonna say as well there's another cool they're like hamster wheel treadmills although i've never i've never done a full session on them you know where you oh like a self-powered curved treadmill yeah yes. yeah I yeah, used yeah, to just jump really on difficult. it. Yeah, I, I used to it. jump on it at uni and see how lot fast I could go. Yes, nice. <laughs> without feeling like my legs had fallen off. Right, from Jack to Jade. Jade emailed in asking, "I'm just returning from injury. The question is, should my cadence be lower because my pace is slower? For example, my average pace used to be six minutes thirty a kilometer and 160 cadence, but it's now about 150 at seven minutes thirty a kilometer." That's a tricky one, isn't it's, it? It's a tough one. I don't want to patronise anyone, but 
we should explain cadence, I guess. Like the, the cadence yeah. is how many steps you take every minute. Yeah. So, so that number 160 and 150 is measured in SPM, which is steps per minute. Correct. Yes. Uh, and there's loads of stuff bandied around about this magical 180 cadence number mm. um, being the, the kind of optimum that people should aim for. So that's definitely not true. Uh, ultimately, the, the best athletes in the world, if you take all of their cadences, they average out at about 180. But you could have a really fast marathon runner with a cadence of 200 or similarly one with 160. Um, so it's what's unique to you. Um, it's really hard this. I, I would say that most people's cadence should stay fairly consistent based on the pace that they're running at. Um, the It will change though. So it, it won't, you won't, your cadence won't be exactly the same at every pace that you run at. My gut here is that actually if you've been injured, having a lower cadence when you come back and running quite slowly is likely to represent being a bit more cautious. Um, but actually, there's an irony here. If you can increase your cadence a little bit and take shorter, quicker steps, then ultimately you're reducing the impact. So yeah, one of the things that we've recommended on the running channel before as in the first five, five minutes or so of your run is actually to try to have a higher cadence, shorter stride length to reduce the impact as you're kind of warming up and getting into your stride rather than trying to go out the door and hit your normal stride actually gives you a kind of, uh, yeah. from a muscle and, and impact perspective. My, my cadence went up post-injury quite dramatically. So this is the opposite of what J happened to Jade. Yeah, so possibly my, because my, you're my taking shorter increased. steps because you're, yeah, you are worried about... More cautious. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I don't know whether we've given a very coherent answer there. It's a really difficult one. Um, ultimately, most people's bodies self-optimize. So your cadence and stride length and so on should take care of themselves. So if you had a good cadence and, and pace previously, then potentially um, work towards getting back to that, but don't rush it and try and be as natural as possible. But it is normal that it would change after an injury just because naturally you're adjusting how your body works and your body may have yeah. had something. If you had an operation, then naturally you're going to adjust. Yeah, and you're, you're trying to relearn the movement. So yeah. if in this case, if, if the cadence is reduced, then that could mean that you're overstriding. So just think think about not reaching out in front of you because ultimately mm. that will um, increase, increase your stride length, yeah. but also increase the amount of force that goes through your body from an impact perspective. So keep keep that lower, try and pull your foot underneath your body um, and focus on making that contact underneath your hips. And that ultimately is going to give you a healthier, uh, more well, I say healthier cadence, but a more optimal cadence. So you've been listening to the Running Channel podcast. If you could do us a small favour and rate and leave us a review, that would be amazing. And we will see you next time live from well, London hey. Marathon. Very exciting. This episode was brought to you by New Balance and two specific shoes from the Fuel Cell range, the Rebel V4 and the Supercomp Elite V4. And there's an incredible amount of technology in both of these shoes. I'm the shoe geek, Sarah hates this bit. The Fuel Cell technology is the midsole foam, which is aimed at being propulsive. So both of these shoes feel fast. And then in the Supercomp Elite V4, there are strategic midsole voids. So essentially gaps or holes in the, in the midsole, which in combination with the carbon fiber plate design are aimed at increasing the amount of stored energy that you get. All super shoes are aimed at giving you as much energy back as possible, with these being New Balance's best yet. Well, if you want to check out either the Fuel Cell Supercomp Elite V4 for race day or the Fuel Cell Rebel V4, which could be for race day, it could be for all of your training as well, then head to the link in the show notes.